What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, everybody. This is Helen, the owner of Helen's Wines, a little gem box wine shop in Los Angeles in the back of a restaurant called John and Vinny's. A magical business I run and own with my business partners, two chefs, John Shook and Vinny DiTolo. And together, we make the wine and the Italian magic happen. But anyway, this is Wine Face, my podcast that's breaking down the ins and the outs of wine. Maybe you want to learn about wine. Maybe you want to hear about food. Maybe you just want to be inspired. Wine Face is breaking it down into digestible little nugget pieces that are easy to eat and snack on. Today, I am super stoked. I have a woman named Bethany Hines. She's been on the podcast before, but she recently worked Harvest at one of my favorite Burgundy producers in Chablis, Ateneus Baru at Chateau de Baru. And I had to have her. She literally has been back a week. I was like, you got to come on and talk to us about the realities of Harvest and what it was like. And I'm just so, so thrilled to have her on. So check it out. Bethany and Harvest at Chateau de Beru. All right, y'all. This week, we have the most special guest, return guest, actually, which is so cool. I love a return guest, Bethany Hines. Hi. When she was on before, she was Bethany Kosak, got married. <laughs> now she's a Hines. Evolution. Yeah. <laughs> the 2.0. But um, as many of you know, Bethany is awesome, and she has worked for our company for a long time, and she's amazing, but she recently went on a fabulous adventure. I did. Where did you go? So I went on a trip to France um, with casual, <laughs> casual, <laughs> um, mostly to work harvest at a place called Chateau de Beru in a little place called Chablis. Oh, uh, just a place <laughs> none of us have ever heard of Chablis. Chablis. Um, so I went there for just under two weeks to work for a winemaker. Very in-depth experience. I was living there, working there, eating there, sleeping there <laughs> the whole time. Immersion. So, complete immersion. And this was a wildly new experience for me as well. I've been working in wine um, mostly since I moved to LA, but kind of throughout my whole restaurant career. And this was my first deep dive behind the scenes. Love. Peel back the curtain. So important. <laughs> it was life-changing, to be honest, and like really changed my whole perspective. So I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> we love earth-shattering moments. Um, I was super lucky to visit Ateneus two and a half years ago, Ateneus Baru, who mm -hmm. Bethany went to work harvest with. It was literally one of my favorite visits. I did not work harvest. 
I've never worked Harvest. I think it's really important to be honest about that. I've visited many wine bankers, but part of why I wanted Bethany to come on here is like, it's not the glamour. Like there's so (laughs) much more to it than I think people realize. Everyone's like wine and stomping grapes and your underwear. And it's like, yeah, that's an Instagram moment. Exactly. So you like hadn't slept probably when, what was your first, like your first impression? Were you freaked out or were you just stoked? And describe her house. Like she has this old like chateau basically. Yeah. I mean, it, it is something out of a storybook, like a picture book, another planet. Like it, I didn't think something like this was real until I saw it, but my journey to actually get there was crazy. I took a really long flight from LA, yada, yada. It was like 24 hour travel time with the time change, no sleep, got there. I met up with one of my best friends, Amanda, who works in wine in Philadelphia. And we were on this adventure together, which was amazing. Um, But we went in very blind, to be (laughs) honest. So I would assume um, the trip was set up through Ateneus's importer, Zev Rovine, Mm -hmm. um, and his partner, Aaron Sylvester from LA. They put me in touch with her via email, but it was like very minimal contact. I was like, okay, great. We'll see you on the 23rd of September. We're like, how do we get there? And she basically gave us the train stop to go to. Very casual. Yeah, casual. She's like, go to Tonaire. I'll see you soon. So we get to Tonaire and it was 6, 6.30 at night. And we're like, okay, let's find a taxi. Literally nothing. Nothing. It's, you're like, in the middle of nowhere. You're in yeah, the countryside. Countryside. And we get off the train and we're like, <laughs> Sorry. It's fine. It's but, a podcast. Um, basically, we were scrambling around this little town to figure out, like, how do we even get to this place? So, very long story short, two hours later, we meet this French man. He speaks no English. We speak no French, regrettably. And he took us to a landline, called a taxi. An hour later, the taxi gets there. He is possibly a serial killer. He's really creepy. <laughs> um, we get to the castle via taxi, and it's dark out. The gate is like padlocked with this like oh ancient chain. Like it was this is crazy. Like hashtag nightmare. Oh my god! And we were about to cry to be honest. But the assistant winemaker happened to be driving by by some miracle, and she was like, "Hi, are you the Americans?" And we're like, "Yes, let us in." And uh, she was like, "Oh, you're supposed to get here two days ago." And we're like, our like hearts sank. And oh my god. Anyways, misunderstanding, but another like rattling moment. We're like, "No, they're gonna hate us." Oh shit! Finally, we ring the door. Bell, her mom answers the door and they have two dogs there. Wine mariners. Wine mariners. And they're so crazy, but like the most lovable animals. But when you knock on the door, they sound like beasts and like. This is insane. It was insane. Your Instagram did not capture any of this. I know. That was the highlight reel. This (laughs) is the dark side of like, oh my God. The reality of harvest. It sounded like a pack of wolves on the other side of the castle. And we're like, this is just crazy. So the dogs let us in. We get in. Ateneus like greets us with the warmest hugs. We're like, I'm so happy you made it. I thought you like died. I didn't know where you were because we're supposed to be there hours earlier. And uh, yeah, she's like, it's time for dinner. And like from that moment on for the next 10 days, we were just like in this alternate universe, like fully immersed, fully immersed. Because we didn't leave. Yeah. Explain to people like 
Harvest brings, like, it's the winemaker, and then there's people like you who want to go learn and help. And it's basically, like, free labor. So it's a group of some people are paid. Yep. Some people are there for the education like you. Yeah, so we were considered So it's like a clan. Yeah. It's like a gang. Exactly. It's all hands on deck. It's like the kind of pinnacle of winemaking for the year. Like, your grapes are at peak ripeness. It's time to pick everything. And it's a very short window of time. So— A lot of the team is sort of like waiting for the green light and there's like the harvest team, the pickers, and then like the winemaking team, which I was like blessed to be a part of. It's amazing. Very small team too. I mean, we thought we were going to be like part of the summer camp of like interns, but it was literally just us. And then two other guys who are like full-time, more interns who were paid and, you know, like a a more serious role. Maybe their career. Exactly. It is For wine. They want to make wine. Exactly. And then us and... Ateneus, uh, her boyfriend partner, um, her mom isn't really involved in the winemaking, but she's around. Um, and then she has like her full-time staff throughout the whole year. Sure. So she has an assistant winemaker and then three people dedicated to the vines. Amazing. Yeah. So we get in and um, we kind of meet the whole team. There's randomly this group of German filmmakers who are there joining us for a few days. Amazing. Birkenstock. So they're like doing this weird documentary. It was that just, is so cool. Yeah, it was awesome. And is it, I think I'm right, but in my experience with being traveling in like a wine focus, it's like you form really relationships with people that will last forever and you might not talk to them every day but like you are bonded with people in a way that's so different than anything else exactly and like I think because it was so immersive and like we really didn't have like outside communication we weren't like leaving every night like we were just there and we were living with them like we were staying in their guest bedroom the whole time and uh, like we became their family members you know every meal every like waking hour was spent together and Ateneus is like a queen she's like one of the most realist badass bees around she has like this air about her of just like wisdom and authority and like she's she's this like calm kind of demeanor about her but has like this boss energy it's really inspiring dude she is goat yeah (laughs) (laughs) she is the goat of Chablis so let's back it up for those who don't know so when you get there like Talk us through, like, what does harvest mean? What does it mean? Like, what were you doing? Yeah. So break it down to the brass tacks because we've talked about wine making. Yeah. And harvest for me was always like this abstract, like, it's Mm -hmm. the time that wine's made. (laughs) Like, great. It's before Elevage. Yeah. And like all these terms that really didn't mean anything until you see it. Mm -hmm. So harvest is, again, like when the grapes get to like their perfect ripeness. So they're waiting for that moment. It's different in every region around the world, like the exact day. It's not a universal day. It's based on sugar levels and ripeness scale and everything. So she's in the vines tasting grapes and then decides like today's the day. Wow. So the team of pickers is kind of like this roving bohemian group of people in Europe, which was fascinating to me. I They're nomadic. Them. They're nomadic. Like, it's like, almost like pickers in California. Exactly. It's like migrant workers. Yeah. But they had like a different culture about like they were like gypsies. Yeah. You know? No, no, it no. It's so not cool. like it's not like Mex like Mexicans pick a lot of our fruits and right. vegetables here. Like, like full time labor. This is more of like a they travel work. around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which like I feel like this subculture exists everywhere but it was cool like in Europe they're like 
the great pickers of mm-hmm. wine, you know? Yeah. So anyways, they're there. And our typical day, let's go to like the night or the morning after we get there is like our first full day. 6 a.m. And this is like, I want to say six days into harvest. So it's been like gearing up more and more each day. We're kind of like jumping in right in a, almost the middle of like the picking The actual time. harvesting the grapes exactly. and the vines. Which is almost like two full weeks of picking. Wow. It's every day, cra- all day. Because everything's done by hand. Exactly. Just so everyone yeah. knows. So Yeah. Good point. Natural winemaker, no machines, very like, yeah, literally clipping grapes off of vines. So we're jumping in in the middle of that. And essentially, like the grapes are picked and then they're brought to the winery. So that's where I was sort of stationed as like basically a deckhand. (laughs) We were doing everything that they needed us to do. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of cleaning. Oh my God. Um, And we were on like the receiving end of grapes. So after they were picked, they were brought in these bins. Um, We would assist with kind of like setting up the winery every morning. Mm -hmm. So again, like cleaning, we would get there before the sun came up. We would scoop out the drain of like muck and mm. dead grapes and Glamorous. all this. Oh, so glam. And it would be raining and hoses. Freezing. Yeah. So a lot of like hosing water everywhere <laughs> and using squeegees to just like constantly clean. Um, with natural wine, like they're not using any chemicals in any cleaning super any important. capacity. So exactly like cleaning with water. So it's not even it's a lot harder if you don't have like a cleaning agent. Like yeah. you're scrubbing things with just like a brush and water. But I so, think that's what's so commendable about Ateneas is she makes natural wine that usually has no flaws. I don't zero. think no flaws because the cleaning, like there's so many factors. Exactly. But cleaning is like one thing where when people are like, why is their mouse? I'm like, because they didn't clean. Oh like, my God. I completely agree. And like after comparing, I will not name other people that we went to, but like seeing a different no, side of natural wine, nasty. it was like gnats everywhere. And like they hadn't cleaned anything in weeks. Like uh-huh. it was obvious. Yep. So yeah, it was like a very kind of real comparison for us <laughs> of like, okay, this is what it should be, mm-hmm. you know, and like how much effort is involved. So we just got to take a quick break to learn a little more information about one of my sponsors. Listen, okay, the other day we had a party at my house and I've recently been in the zone of like, I drink a glass of wine. I'm not super into like drinking a lot of wine. I don't know. It's just sort of my feeling right at this moment. But we had a party at my house and I have these DHM detox pills that my husband's tried. I tried it before we went to this big party. It's basically vitamins for people who know that they're going to have a couple drinks. It's a hangover antithesis. It's pretty amazing. Most people don't really know what causes hangovers, but the thing that causes hangovers are toxic byproducts of alcohol that builds up while you're drinking. It's a thing called acetaldehyde. Anyway, we're at, we have this party at my house and Alex was like, who wants a DHM detox? <laughs> Literally half the people took it. Some people were getting lit, but honestly, I texted and followed up with a couple people the next day. And I was like, how do you feel? And they're like, actually, I feel pretty good. No more brain fog, nausea, headaches, or any anxiety when you wake up the next day. All you got to do is take two capsules after your first couple drinks and it works right like that. If you're going to a wedding or some shit, double up. It's not going to hurt you. It's herbal ingredients. It's all natural. 
So I wouldn't put anything on here that's got some weird ass shit in it. It all comes from this natural extract that's been used for centuries in Asia to prevent any sort of hangover. It comes from a Japanese raisin tree known as Tree of Gods. And it also has milk thistle, which is good for your liver, prickly pear, NAC, B-complex, and electrolytes. They're discreet. They're easy to take with you. Actually, that stuff is probably good for you anyway. But listen, DHM Detox risk-free purchases. So if you don't like it or you don't feel better, they're going to give you your money back. And just for a short, limited time only, listeners of Wine Face get 20% off their order. All you got to do is go to dhmdetox.com and use the promo code WINEFACE at checkout. Again, that's dhmdetox.com. Check it out. Love a supplement. And now back to the road to Baru. So the grapes arrive, we receive them. One piece of equipment that we use is something they call the giraffe, which is adorable. (laughs) It's like this really tall conveyor belt that's like put at an angle. Mm. So you sort the grapes onto that. They go through the conveyor belt into the press. And um, the press is what is actually like compressing the grapes and squeezing the juice out. And what are you separating out on the sorting table? So she doesn't de-stem most of her grapes. She likes more of like a whole cluster, mm-hmm. robust flavor. So we're mostly sorting like debris and anything moldy or rotten. Cool. She does like, like there's a little bit of noble rot that forms in her grapes and she actually likes that because so of the complexity. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty cool to taste like something that's a little bit more concentrated and almost like it tasted like uh, umeboshi, almost oh like a dried God. apricot Ooh. plum thing. It was so cool. And visually know how to recognize it. Exactly. Yeah. So it's mostly just like quality control, like looking for things. The pickers are also responsible for doing that in the vineyards, but you're just like catching whatever falls through. So for white wine, the grapes are basically like conveyed up directly into the press. For reds, they're, they go through the giraffe into the big neutral barrels for fermentation. Um, and that's just her approach. Everyone's different. But totally. We're just talking about Ateneus yeah. today. <laughs> but her presses are really crazy. They're massive, like stainless steel cylinders that the grapes go into. For the white wine. For the whites. Mm-hmm. And it's called like a pneumatic press, I mm-hmm. want to say. So it's like they a— go pretty slow. Slow, low, and the, it's basically like an inner tube that mm-hmm. inflates from the inside and like gently crushes. It's like a gentle, like slowly but surely. Yeah, yeah so— that was cool. Uh, we got inside of those to clean them out a bunch, Hell yeah. which is crazy. How freaky was it that? It was freaky. I mean, like, the don't. first time, it's like, I don't have claustrophobia, but if you do, like, there's no way. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, you're in this, Phone like, a friend. there's no lights. <laughs> like, you're just cleaning and spraying, like, this high-pressured hose directly on your face. <laughs> it's nuts. Glamorous. Dirty jobs. <laughs> That is so, and then after it's pressed, then she does fermentation for the white wine. Exactly. She does with natural wine, like it's usually a slow process intentionally to kind of protect from flaws. So after the juice is pressed by gravity and hoses, it goes down into like a settling tank, mm. sits there, a little bit of CO2 to, to prevent any oxidation just from a tank yeah. and uh, displaces oxygen in it. And then that juice is then moved to whatever fermentation vessel. So that depends on the vineyard and the grape and everything that she's vinifying. So, cool. so some are, are fermented in stainless, some in oak, um, some in amphora. So it was, yeah, she's that's so kind cool. of like where the style comes in and what she's aiming for with whatever wines being made. <laughs> so cool, man. Yeah. Oh, 
This sounds amazing. <laughs> ah, ah. What was the thing that kind of surprised you the most? Like, I'm sure you had so many aha moments, but for sure, what was like the thing that kind of like I've had experiences of visiting winemakers where like shit clicks so fast. Yeah. But um, I mean, this me, is on a whole other level of like, you're actually watching like think, 2019, you're going to drink oh, that yeah, wine and your hands literally hands, touched it. We were eating them off the class. <laughs> 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 Some DNA. <laughs> but it Bethany was uh, in the bottle. <laughs> it was honestly just shocking to me how much manpower it is, woman power, whatever. <laughs> it's like, it's just so much physical touch that's involved in mm-hmm. wine. And it's like to see it. We got to pick one day, which is really cool, too, to see that side. But it's like, it's backbreaking, you know, and yeah. they're doing it for hours on end and multiple different weather patterns. And it's just like the process of getting a grape cluster into like a fermentation tank is just fascinating to me. It's and it's crazy. like, I think the efforts like we had a, a lot of, you know, long conversations at the end of the night about natural wine and what it means. And it's like, it really is about the level of effort and care and attention and passion Mm -hmm. that's put into it. And like, I think that that was what was so inspiring to me. It was like, I'm like down the rabbit hole forever now because it was like, no, I can't I agree even with you. compare like a conventional wine that's not, that doesn't have any of these personal touches versus something like Ateneus's wine that's like literally people's lives and like yeah. vision and passion in a bottle. And it's like, it has like a life to it, you know? I think it's so true. I mean, we both have had the experience of working in Brentwood, which is like, socioeconomically a really different part of LA. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people, natural wine is new for them. And explaining, you know, the last couple of weeks, I've been like just talking a lot about like, well, what does that mean? And it's so funny you say that because I'm like, it's about the person who's growing the grapes and the, how they care for them and how they get them into the fermentation. Like it's so much more than just like this wine is healthy or it has no sulfur. Like I was like, those are actually not what it's It's about. It's distracting from the the main objective, which is like producing something that's personal, you know? Well, it's like most people, I mean, I always think of like winemakers as artists. So it's, yeah, me too. Cool. She's the best. (laughs) So what happened to your, the physical, like, was your body just like, whoa. It was broken. (laughs) Really? Did Um, you feel like your muscles? What was? Yeah. I mean, the first few days was like a shock to my body. I'm not going to, I'm not in like (laughs) tip top shape of my life. So yeah. Note Gotta get to those self, blades like, out. Yeah, probably need to start exercising <laughs> before getting there. But um, it was just like a different physical experience. Like manual labor in any industry is like, it's intense. But this is like, we were also moving as fast as we could and as hard as we could because it's like a small window of time. Like time you is pick the, the grapes yeah. and they can start rotting immediately. So yeah. the whole time it's like, ale, 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 it's like, go, go, go. <laughs> and they're just like, everyone's, you know, like corralling to like move quickly. And the adrenaline must feel adrenaline. amazing. I was running on adrenaline for sure. But physically my hands started to like morph into like their own creatures. <laughs> <laughs> like cuts all over with like oh. grape, like tannin embedded Lotion. and like yeah, nothing helps them. Nothing helps. I mean, to be honest, I was sort of thriving in this environment. So I was like 
screw everything, like no makeup, no, like yeah. nothing. Like you're just in it and you feel so gross, but you feel like really alive and yeah. you're really connected to everything and getting super dirty. And every sip of water is like the best oh, water yeah. and every snack is exactly. like, I've never had anything no. better. Every, like the shower at the end of the day oh. was the best shower I've ever taken. <laughs> but I mean, they also balance it. Like it sounds like really hardcore slave labor when I'm describing this, but like, it's not, it also is equally as balanced. Like it was very extreme. So like the work was really extreme in one way, but then we would like have these lavish meals and also like just chill by a fireplace in Ateneus's house and listen to records and talk. And like, that was equally as intense to Mm. me for like the experience, you know? And it was like, yeah, it's the time and the place. You're exactly. in a vortex. Complete vortex. But My next question was about food. Like, oh what did God. you eat? So much. So many things. So much. I thought, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought I was going to start to feel sick because I was literally eating, like, blocks of cheese. No. And I have never felt better. Thrive on cheese. <laughs> yeah, but it's, like, the best possible the cheese best. ever. It was all local. They don't even touch supermarkets. Like, Mm-mm. everything that they have was from Chablis or like Burgundy. So all local cheese, local bread, meals, top to bottom. So we would start the day with pastry always, a croissant. Um, I know. One (laughs) of the guys would bring them from a bakery every morning. So we'd have coffee and pastries at like 6.45, 7 a.m., get started, and then always stop around 10 for breakfast. And that was like a 20, 30-minute like pause we would have bread with cheese, some sort of meat. Like we had a head cheese terrine that was oh. like one of my favorite things I've ever had. <sighs> Dijon mustard on everything. Yes, burgundy. <laughs> Sliced tomatoes, soft boiled eggs. So that was breakfast. Lunch would always be around like 2, 2.30. Um, and that would be some sort of like homey French countryside like oh, stewy things yeah. like cassoulet, oh, ratatouille. I'm ready. This like duck leg, ragu thing. It was just like... It was crazy. She has a chef for Harvest, too, which, again, is Smartest like, move ever. Yeah, I know. Queen. You kind of have to. Like, yeah, you have like, to feed so many people. Someone has to feed. Like, it was up to, you know, 50 people on, like, the, the biggest days of Harvest um, with all of the pickers. So, like, she was feeding a lot, and it was all, like, you know, banquet style, but it was, like, the most beautiful dishes I've ever had wanted to cry. And then she would also cook us something to eat later that night for dinner, which varied. Like we would eat from 9 p.m. until like one night we ate dinner at 1130 because we were working until 1030. (laughs) It was very long days, but the reward at the end was a beer, go home, shower, get to Ateneus's place, open a bunch of wine, eat a bunch of food, relax in a blanket and Aww. like yeah. and then just sleep, sleep so for hard five hours and wake up but like the, next the best day sleep and, of your life yeah I didn't even realize that we hadn't left the castle until like day five when it was like <laughs> wow <laughs> we've been here Stockholm for a while syndrome. <laughs> She's like, I've got you under my, with a baguette and cheese. I'm in your world now. (laughs) Did you get a sense? One thing that has always like is so cool to me visiting Burgundy specifically is like the culture of Burgundy, like being from Burgundy. Mm -hmm. Was that something that she talked about or that was discussed or? Yeah. I mean, even in the context of wine and like tradition. Yeah. So she, I mean, there's no doubt, like, natural wine and Chablis. Like, she's one of, like, two people, basically. Yeah, like her and Duplessis. And, and Damore. Yeah. Like, that's pretty much it. And so, like, she's definitely veering in a different direction. But Burgundy as a whole, like, I think people are very proud of 
their origins there and like their terroir and they're not really mm-hmm. trying it's not like an experimental region it's more of like showcasing the beauty of it and really like being honest about oh, the wines yeah, and like, the that. place so yeah that was definitely inspiring oh <laughs> oh my god so what like not what are you going to do moving forward, but, like, how do you take an experience like this and then, like, land at LAX? Was it, like, a very surreal— It was and shocking. <laughs> share it with your husband, like— Yeah. Because you probably so much in your mind, maybe you thought he was with you. Like, I have yeah, that with Alex. Like, definitely. when I have an intense experience, I'm oh, like, yeah. remember when we did that? <laughs> no, for sure. I, like, had to get French words out of my head. <laughs> it was just very, like— Again, like my whole mind was wrapped up in this. I called him twice and I fell asleep both times with the phone on my face. <laughs> and he's like, I don't know what you've been doing. <laughs> I think you had a good time. <laughs> he's like, um, I missed you. <laughs> I don't know. Like, to be honest, my my like eyes are just so open now to this different spectrum of wine. And I think that I want to just continue to explore. And it's really motivating me to kind of like continue on this like journey of discovery. Mm. I don't really know what that means in any concrete way. No, but I think way, that's but, cool because yeah. that's what going out and like putting yourself out there. Cause like, that's essentially what you did. You exactly. put yourself in, in a situation where you're like, it could be uncomfortable. I don't know. Like, yeah. I think you're really smart to go with Ateneus because I don't think all winemakers will make you feel no, as welcome not sometimes. At all. I mean, I think we like there's no doubt I feel super lucky and I will like disclaimer if people are interested in doing this, I don't necessarily think, you know, what I did was always going to be the same, but um yeah, I think that like diving in and seeing things from a different perspective, no matter what that means, whether it's harvest or, you know, just volunteering, like she is doing some biodynamic prep right now and like doing, you know, the cow horn mm-hmm. composting yeah. ritual. And mm-hmm. like you can volunteer to be a part of that or like pruning or anything throughout the year just to like see, I don't know, seeing wine from a new angle, I think was a big takeaway for me. And I just, I think I want to just keep seeing angles. She opens the door to people. That's one thing I liked about her the most was she was so open. Oh my God. The hospitality alone was like from the first hug of like warmth (laughs) to like the whole time. Like we, we left. That was another thing. I felt like I was leaving like a sister mother figure again. Oh yeah. I want to go back. Yeah, (laughs) I do. What? And how was the rest of the trip? Like, was it like, were you just in blissed out mode, like driving through Loire Valley yeah. and so just like there, back to Paris? Uh, so from there we left and we rented a car and drove through Loire west to east. We didn't get all the way east, but we stopped in Angers and then shot back up to Paris. We only had a couple days, but that also was just sort of enlightening and seeing like a lot of people don't know that wine is named after towns and it's mm-hmm. like Chablis is like this storybook Beauty and the Beast like village, you know. Yeah. Beru is even like a village, mm-hmm. which is crazy that it's like her village. Oh, OG shit right there. Yeah. Yeah, it feels so like medieval times, but it is, you know, and it's it's cool to experience like people's pride of their hometowns. We stopped in uh, Chinon and like stumbled on this natural wine place by accident. And this guy was just like exuding this like enthusiasm about the wines. And it was like, I don't know. I just, I feel like 
the pride level, especially in Europe, is like so amplified and and really made me want to kind of find that in the U.S. and find totally. people who are kind of championing their places and wines the same way. Because I know yeah. they're out there, but it was like, it was just really cool to kind of see that angle. It's a different, I think America is just like so fucked in some ways. No, it's like hard it's to be totally like, different. how do you balance like sales with passion yeah there's it's there's different and LA is such like there is a film and a lens over everything that like it's so hard to be the way people can be in France I think here specifically New York has a little bit of it I think more than LA yeah I would agree for sure but it may be more to come (laughs) for LA maybe LA needs a (laughs) wine-assance Oh, Bethany, well, thank you so much thank you for, for sharing your road to Peru. I know. No sleep till Beru. <laughs> I know. Well, we'll have you back. Oh and we God, just keep hearing that. from Bethany Hines. <laughs> I'll be around. Um, thank you so much for sharing Thanks, that Ellen. beautiful story. I'm <laughs> daydreaming. We're pouring her Bourgogne Blanc by the glass right now, and yeah. it's just, like, so dreamy. Yeah, and her keep- wines are electric and definitely have— they're worth seeking out all yeah. of them. They all have like very individual so personalities. Yeah. And she does experiments every year, which is really cool to kind of see as well. And like, I don't know, she's just, she's one to to definitely look out for. Yeah. All right. You heard it here first. <laughs> look out for her. All right, Bethany. Thank you. Thanks, Bye. Bye. I mean, take me to France. Am I right? I'm like, get me out of this office building. No. I got to thank Bethany. Big up to her. She's an inspiration. She's amazing. That experience sounded like next level. We are going to post or tag some of the wines that we have from Chateau de Beru in the shop in the show notes. Link them to our website if you want more information on Ateneus Beru or any of our burgundies that we have. You can go to helenswines.com. As always, you can follow along on Instagram at helenswines. And we'd love to hear from you. So please rate review subscribe leave a comment this is only the beginning we want to know what do you i know everyone wants a bordeaux episode it's coming i promise you momentarily but peace out y'all thanks for listening